Hello and welcome to The Build Shop presented by TXG. It is an all-new podcast with myself and Michael Martisevich, who is my co-host. Mike, say hello to the people. Hello, everyone. I'm excited to, excited to get this podcast uh, finally out of the dark and, and let people listen to, to you and I chat for an hour or so. Absolutely. And the, the whole the whole point of this show to, to give people a rundown, if you've listened to the listen to TXG podcast in the past, where it's uh, really been interview focused, we are going to have interviews. We actually have an interview today with someone who played in a recent major championship. But we're going to really talk golf, current events. You know, there's going to be a lot of tangents involved. Uh, it's kind of like my go to thing, unfortunately, or fortunately. And then the other part of this is Mike and I, I'm going to, I'm going to do my background first or sorry, I'll do, I'll go second, Mike. So I'll let you explain what your role is at TXG and you know, what you're like looking forward to sharing with everybody. Definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I've been with TXG since day one. Um, my title is director of club building and fitting, um, you know, cleaner janitor, you name it, I do it. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're, uh, the pod is going to be good for you and I because we're going to be able to give people a background on the build side. Everyone knows about club fitting. Everyone knows you can go to, to us and try as many different options. But really after the fitting, some people don't realize what goes behind the scenes to make that fitted club perfect for you. And that's that's the whole build side of it. So we're going to harp big on the build and, you know, answer as many build questions. And you do a Q and a weekly on IG. I do a Q and a weekly on IG and uh, you know, let's get, you know, people are pretty smart with club fitting. Let's, let's make some smart builders out of this. Cause I could hire a few. That's for sure. <laughs> now, the one thing I, I do want to make sure I mention here, Mike is uh, like, let people know what your handle is on Instagram, because that is the place where we answer questions and we do it once a week. I do. I know I do it multiple times a week at this point. Uh, just later in the evening, sometimes, you know, I got an hour, I'll, I'll shoot the questions out there. So let people know your handle so we can, you know, make sure people engage with us. Definitely. Yeah. IG handle is just simple. Mike TXG. Uh, and yeah, I do uh, generally a, an all day Sunday. Well, before golf season started, it was an all day Sunday lockdown Q and A and I'll still, I'll still do them on Sundays, probably a couple hours on a Sunday, get as many as I can. During, during the F1 reruns, right? There you go. All right. And uh, for those who are curious, it's uh, RDS Brath uh, at, on Instagram. Same thing on handle. If you're looking for the answer questions, IG is definitely the place to reach out on Twitter. That's where you're going to get more of the spicy hot takes, as well as a lot of the video content that we will be doing and are doing with TXG through the YouTube channel as well. And uh, I know I'm very excited. I am, I believe, the newest member of the TXG team. A lot of people will remember me or know me from uh, another golf website. Uh, golfwrx.com or for them for a number of years. And for me, my, my, and you know, Mike knows as well. And, you know, to share with everybody, I've been a club builder since I was 15 years old. So at this point, I'm almost going on 20 years putting clubs together. I'm not saying that I was a professional for 20 years. I'm not saying I was good at it for 20 years, but what I am saying is the fact that my whole goal and our goal with this show is to show people like, and educate, educate golfers. You know, when you, when you tune into the, the TXG YouTube page and you tune into the channel, it's about education. It's about knowledge. It's about showing and being able to share information. And we are the other side of that. We are the build side of this. And, you know, there's going to be videos accompanying a lot of the topics that we're going to be talking about, which we are excited to share in the future. 
But right now it's about breaking down into the nitty gritty of what goes into your golf clubs and also talking about PGA Tour, LPGA Tour, and talking about the clubs that we see that are winning on a week-to-week basis, trends that we're seeing as far as equipment is concerned. And the other part of this as well is, you know, Mike and I have known each other in club building for a long period of time. And for us, there's so much misinformation out there. There's so much stuff that we hear from people. I get questions all the time on the golf course. This evening, I was out on the range and I brought my launch monitor with me. And I felt like a kid who had just brought a game, the first kid to bring a Game Boy to school. <laughs> Everyone's people are coming up. What is that? Oh, it's a lot. And some people knew that it was uh, like knew the model. They were asking about it. And it was like, does it do this? And I said, no. Does it do this? Like, yeah, it does do that. And it's about answering questions, about informing that. So when you can go and you can, if you learn something from us during one of our shows or one of the videos, to be able to take that and you know, share it with your friends and pass it along. So when you hear misinformation or whatever it happens to be, we're trying to kill it. We're trying to kill it one golfer at a time. And that's what we're here to do. And uh, without further ado, there's a lot to talk about this week. There is so much to talk about. We've this got week. the memorial. We've got um, happened at the memorial, some Bryson and Brooksy talk. We don't touch, we don't get too deep into that. We don't want to take sides. I'm definitely going to take a side. Uh, and then the big event this week was the U.S. Women's Open at the Olympic Club. Uh, I, for, I myself, Mike, huge fan of the drone shots. I don't know about you, but like that to me, I love when you get those kind of views because it just shows, especially at Olympic, how much elevation change there is on that property. Yeah, it's uh it's a cool, cool piece of land. And I, I don't think, you know, it's funny. Olympics hosted quite a few majors and it's still one of those. It's like an underdog. Not many people know about it. Even when like Webb Simpson won there, the course played, you know, just as tough for, you know, the caliber of players that were out there. And um, I got an open invite to play and I can't wait till we can travel and, and get out there. It's uh it's an awesome place. It looks like just a spectacular piece of property. And one of the other, uh, you know, I saw footage from the USGA obviously during the week and a shout out to uh, friends. I know at the fried egg, they do mm-hmm. a great, they, they do all kinds of architecture stuff. If you're an architecture nerd like myself. I highly suggest you check them out. And they did a bunch of drone footage early in the week, showcasing the property. It is ridiculous. It is yeah. so unbelievable. And the, and the TV cameras with the drone, normally people say the cameras don't do justice. But with the drone footage, they did justice this week on the telecast. And, and we're going to we're gonna talk about that. I know Mike did an interview with Rebecca Lee Bentham. We are really excited to share with you uh, towards the end of the show. But let's first get into the memorial. The winner, Patrick Cantlay, uh, has a cool mixed bag of clubs, some older stuff in there, which is kind of neat. But, uh, you know, story of the week was John Rahm. And, you know, I th- um, you know what, do you, what do you think, Mike? It's, it's unfortunate, but, you know, I think the PGA Tour had to do it. Yeah, the, the PJ Tour, um, they they went by the rules and I'm, you know, I feel bad for the guy, but I'm glad they did um, because it's, you know, I don't know. I just wish, you know, without getting into COVID stuff, it's it's tough that it happened, but I wish it would happen earlier just for John Rom's sake. You know, it, it's got to be hard. Like you saw his reaction walking off 18. I mean, you think someone died in the family. Um, so. So yeah, it's rough, but yeah, it's hard. It's hard not to dive into COVID chat. I don't want to start that. I I know, you know, and, and we're not here to talk about that. I think uh, if there was, if there's one criticism, I think they, they could have waited till he got off the green 
but I think they wanted him to put a mask on. They wanted to go like go through that process there. So I understand that. I, I again, do I think it was a little odd? Absolutely. But you know, the PGA Tour had the process in place. They had the protocol in place, and you know, if it happened. Uh, you know, if, if he was the, the 25th player in the field and he was off the lead, they would have followed the exact same procedure. It just happened to be that John Rahm was on a freaking heater, made a hole in one, was leading by six shots. And, you know, that's, that's what happened. But again, it's unfortunate. Hope he's well, hope he's healthy, getting ready for the, the U.S. Open in, in a couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, wish him all the best. And, but all pops go to Patrick Cantley, who won uh, this week. And one of the cool things about his clubs and I'm, I'm a big fan of his, his three wood. I have one of those clubs as a, as a seven wood in the bag. And I was, you know, perusing used club sites. I actually sent you a link talking about one of his fairy, which is a 915 from Titleist, which is a number of generations old, but you know, for yourself, like, what do you, what do you think when, when people show up to a fitting or they're talking about their clubs and they might be a few generations old, but they hit them really well. And they, and they ask you questions. Cause I get those questions all the time on Instagram. And I'm like, should I change? Like, how do you hit it? Do you hit it good? I don't know. Stick with it. Works for Cantley. I mean, it's that old saying, if it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, and I say that I use that all the time on Sundays because people are like, Oh, I got an M2 with this. What do you think? I'm like, if it's working fine. And, and we'll be the first people to tell you that in a fitting, you come in with a set of seven, 18 AP twos and you're striping it. I'll be the first guy to say, listen, you know, apples to apples, you know, your irons are just as good as, you know, the ABC product that we're trying, you know, keep them, don't spend your money on a new set of irons right now, get another couple of years out of them. And then when you're ready to, you know, to get a new set, when, if you really need a new set, then we can, we can take a look. And I think that also builds a lot of trust, but when you see it in tour players bags, I mean, speed did it for a while. Um, you know, I look at Adam Scott's irons are old as heck. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those where it's not that the new product doesn't doesn't work, but they're obviously in a groove and there's just something that they have lots of faith in that they don't want to, they don't want to leave right away. So I totally get, it. I used to work at a golf course in the city and uh, I got to caddy in a group with a, uh, with a PJ tour player. And he was using the older, I think he was using like a nine ten driver the year nine thirteen was out from Titleist. And I just asked him, why haven't you changed? And he's like superstition number. And he's like, the two drivers were going exactly the same for me. Um, and he goes, I'm comfortable with nine ten. It looks good. That's why I'm keeping it. The guys, I can't remember if he's one on the PGA tour or not, but, um, you know, he was, he was top one fifty at one point. So just, uh, if you're comfy with it, you know, and it's going straight and going where you want it to go, no reason to change. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. And from the fitting side of things, it, it comes down to what people are comfortable with and optimizing different parts of your golf bag. Which mm-hmm. is a, which is a huge thing because, especially with irons, if you're if you're hitting peak trajectories, if you're hitting your descent angles, if the forgiveness is there, because you know we're not gonna we're not here to sugarcoat it. Off the center of a modern golf club, all uh, all clubs are extremely good and essentially at the limit, which is fine, and most companies are going to admit that anyways. But as you get further from that singular spot behind the center of gravity that's where the the extra moi that that comes into play the extra technology that comes into play and for a lot of players that might not miss a lot you know you can stick with something for a little longer before you start to see an advantage in a new product but for other players that's where 
you know, those mid handicappers, they're going to see big advantages, especially when they get on the launch bar, they start optimizing. But one of the, one of the newest clubs in his bag beyond the putter, which is fine. It is one of the newer Scotty camera models, which I think is really cool because this showcases the technology is the wedges are SM seven from pitching wedge to a sand wedge, but his lob wedge is the SM eight mm-hmm. and the SM eight lob wedge and into the higher lofts are the wedges that have the multi-material with the real push forward CG. So obviously he's seeing a benefit in those clubs that have that extra technology, especially in the short game, which a lot of people don't really focus on. Yeah. And so I know for you, Mike, what, like, what do you got for the wedges right now? I got to ask, what do you, what are you gaming? Oh, I am gaming the, uh, still my artisans. I've got <clears throat> 50, 55 artisan MT grinds on there. Um, slight bevel. That's, you know, basic, very similar to almost like, a call it SM6M grind, not as, not as, you know, strong heel toe relief, but a little bit. And the 60, I'm in the hunt for 60 right now. I've, I've got an order in with, uh, with Mike. I'm not expecting those wedges to arrive anytime soon, but, um, right now I've got a mill grind T dub spec and it was good indoors, but it's different outdoors. Um, and I'm a huge 60 degree <clears throat> wedge guy so i might put a high toe back in the bag um i don't know yeah the 60 is uh stay tuned for the 60 i haven't figured that one out yet so i, I got a question for you because I, I actually recently tested the the snake bite mm. which is which has doesn't i wouldn't say it has a higher toe but it has the grooves all the way across it which is completely new to me and do you find with the high toe wedges that they always look upright to you because i prefer a really flat wedge and I put the, I was testing the Cobra and I actually just for like looks and for mental, because I'm a nut, uh, for, for anyone who knows or follows along, uh, I, you know, it's got to look right, but it, it's got to feel right. And I mean, I, it performed outstanding, had a chance to use it a number of times at this point, but I actually bent it a degree flatter than I would play my, my 60 normally, just so it looked right at address to me because mm-hmm. it felt like as those grooves went across the face, it just wanted to look like it was more toe up, which does not work for me in a 60. Yeah. I find also, excuse me, some, some sixties, the hosels are so long. They, they just don't sit right. And it's funny when I played a high toe a couple of years ago, I was chatting with uh, Gareth Rafluski and and we were chatting about some pitching stuff. And um, he was like, have you ever bent your, you know, your 60 degree, like five or six degrees flat. And I was like, nah, he leaves. Of course I run to the loft line machine, bend my 60, like six <laughs> degrees flat. So the high toe I cur- like I have somewhere in, in the house is six degrees flat. And it's honestly one of the best wedges that I had that year. I mean, honestly, I, I I'd rather have a wedge than have to hit a 300 yard drive. I play a, a good wedge player. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. You say that you bent it a bit flatter. I mean, I've played, I've played my 60 degree, four or five degrees flatter now in the last two years than, than what the rest of the set is. Is it unorthodox? Yes. Was my, you know, spin improved, you know, you know, shots improved. It was just, it was crazy. Went through the the turf so easy out of rough. I mean, I had the ATV grind was ATV ATV grind with the high toe. And honestly, that's the easiest wedge to hit. I love that thing. Yeah. And it's, it's about optimization. Just like with the driver, you're completely focused on, I kind of joke that it's like, it's basically ballistics. Mm. You're focused on ballistics optimization off of a, a little nugget of urethane with some dimples on it. If we want to simplify it to the, to the nth degree, 
But for a wedge on the absolute opposite end of the spectrum, you're, you're optimizing for versatility and you're optimizing for those weird, awkward shots around the green where you're not going to hit a full swing. And, you know, five degrees sounds odd to people who might play like a standard wedge, but in reality around the greens, that could be like an absolute weapon when it comes to hitting shots. I know myself, I've got, I've got a high toe. I think it's a 55 degree. Uh, I inherited it from a friend of mine. And then there's also uh, the, the I2, the stealth 2.0 from ping, Mm. which has what I, you know, you call it an ATV grind. I call it the ping I2 grind. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, I have that bent to, I think six. So it's basically 60 degrees, 60 degrees. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's lie loft for those who are here. I know hopefully I don't over or under explain these things, but if you're new, I want to make sure that I, I, I don't you know, blow over any details here. And a lot of people would say like, that looks really unusual from a dress, but for me, it's like friend, like chef's kiss, unbelievable. You throw it in, you just throw it into the ground. It pops up. And I think it, it there is a lot to that look a lot to that style and shots like that really help, for example, at a course that's you know, packed with rough. And this week we saw that at Olympic Club. Definitely. For the U.S. Women's Open. And the winner was Yuka Sasso. Unbelievable win in a playoff. Uh, there was some, you know, I think the story, although, again, amazing that she won in the playoff. I think it was fantastic. Everyone wants to talk about her swing. It looks modeled after Rory. And it's, it's an amazing story. She's the exact same age as in B park, I think to the day, which is unbelievable Crazy. and really cool um, for being one of the youngest winners of the U S open. But, you know, Lexi Thompson, it was, it was, a, I, I want to call it, it, you know, it's, it meets the wrong analogy is a slow bleed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a shame. Obviously the, um, I can't even remember the name right now, but that 17 year old girl, that junior in high school, I know Lexi had a lead, but I was really pumped. I was like, man, I want, I really want her, this 17 year old amateur to win. I think that'd be one great for golf in general Two, be great for women's golf. Um, and even to backtrack that you can, you can almost tell like Lexi obviously is a great player, but she must be tinkering with the putter. Cause that putter was a Scotty with an even roll grip and you can tell she's been, you know, searching for something to work, but you're right. It was a slow bleed and um, unfortunate to see, but it was uh, uh, one thing I will say kudos to the LPGA USGA and TV coverage. Cause I thought it was like, you know, master's coverage, you know, PGA like live from the U- women's US open. I don't remember that in the last I don't think they did that in the last three years. Like they had coverage for a men's event. So, um, you know, I was watching golf the other day at work, I think on the Thursday while I was sending <laughs> some emails. And um, I, I said to, said to one of the guys, I was like, I've never seen, I've never seen coverage like this for, for women's golf. So it was good. It was interesting. And to be honest, with you, I was watching the, I was watching the women's us open Sunday evening more than I was watching the Memorial. So um, it was, it was great to see. And hopefully that can continue. Mike, if we're going for honesty, I, I watched the highlights of this week's Memorial. I'm not going to lie. You know, they had the rain delay. There was some other stuff, but I was, I was locked in, uh, mega Ghana was the, was the low am played in the final group with, uh, with Lexi Thompson and she un- like crazy story, you know, like there was a video of her that, uh, PJ tour put out when she had asked at like a first T event, Jordan Spieth, a question, She's like a 13 year old kid 
like she looked like she looked i mean it was like four years ago i think it was and she like looked like she had like the braces she was standing up there like asking her a question and you're like this this freaking 14 year old kid is right well it's 17 now like playing in the final group of the women's us open yeah. and it was i thought again i thought it was like the story of the week beyond lexi being in the lead and unfortunately you know having not held on to it until the end but uh I mean, she had the crowd getting pumped up. She made a bogey putt on Saturday, I think. Which I mean, she was just excited to make make and signing autographs, all that stuff. Like, I thought it was again for me, it was exciting to watch because it's it's a different way to watch golf. You know, for the, I and I find it. I'm someone who I think I watched. I think I watched Yuka hit a drive that went about 300 yards. She had like she was like 154, 155 ball speed. And that's like right where I'm at. I thought, man, if I just hit it in the middle of the face, I can really mm. knock it out there if I do it. And that, and to me, that's why I find it relatable. Um, and for me as well, like hitting shots, like hitting, watching them hit shots in the greens, watching them just more struggle out of the rough just because of club head speed and those kind of things. Uh, I, I just enjoyed watching it, especially too on an amazing golf course. That's, that's part of it too that really elevates the championship to me because we've seen Webb Simpson win there. And other players go kind of whether it was there's pictures of Hogan floating around and the rough was like just like ridiculously long. So you've got all of these elements that add to the fact that to your point, coverage was amazing. We'd like to thank not our partners, but the USJ's partners, Rolex, for the mm-hmm. coverage. <laughs> and uh so all of that, all that factors into just making it something that is interesting to watch. So I know yeah, much like yourself, I was I was locked in most of the week. Um, now the other thing that is, is Mike, uh, and this is, you know, I think this is very interesting is the, you know, and actually you just mentioned it is Lexi's putter. Did you, so have you seen what it is? Did you like go through like the specs of it? Cause I was looking at it and I thought at first I thought it was an even roll because of the grip. And then I was looking at the shaft yeah. and the grip and there were, there was a lot going on in that putter. I think it was an old, an old Golo, um, from what it looked like on TV. I mean, I just saw a couple glimpses of it, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I saw the even roll grip, and um, I do know that obviously she's, uh, you know, she, in that area of Florida, there's a lot of uh, club fitting places, and I know a couple of people that kind of have done some work with her, and obviously she's got access just to tinker like crazy. Because to me, that's a that's a scramble putter. That's something that you're just trying to make last minute, you know, just trying to get a feel and. Um, you know, I I'm, I'm almost superstitious with, I would never use a non branded putter grip that doesn't match the brand <laughs> of the putter, but which is a lie. Cause I use a ping man grip now on a, on a Nike method. So um, yeah, it's, it's one of those, it's uh it's an interesting combo. That's for sure. Yeah. I, I honestly, I was again, as, as a gear nerd, I, I was checking out, I think I went to, to get, I might've paused my TV at one point. I went to Getty I was trying to figure out exactly what she was using because I saw the even roll grip and I was like, I don't really recognize that that model at all. And I think it had a blacked out shaft. I, I'm trying to think if it was a, like one of the knuckleheads or not. I don't think it had a hosel. I, no, I, I think it was a, like a double bender or something like that. Yeah. And so I, I remember like there was a picture of her holding it up and I could see the bottom of it. And it was definitely a Gola with like a big circle T Scotty Cameron logo on the bottom of the sole plate. And I thought, how did this come together? Like, was it the, what's, I, I'm, I'm really bad at this. Is it the, is it called the gravity 
grip like the one so she wasn't using is it better no no she wasn't using the gravity grip she was using almost like what they call it's like a it's like a flat top on it it's a little bit wider maybe the size of like a super stroke 3.0 original um but uh i mean yeah it's uh again i know I will get down to the bottom of this and get you an answer of what putter is. Cause I know <laughs> someone that works with her personally. Um, and I will, I will see what it is, but it's definitely an older tour issue. Scotty Golo style. Yeah. Yeah. I see. I know I talked to a guy that I, I know in the past and, and he had said that uh, again, club builder, club fitter, club designer has worked with uh, a couple of OEMs in the past and he kind of does some freelance stuff now. And he was saying that he had worked, they were like doing some prototype putting putters a couple of years ago for her. I mean, it's of all the parts of her game, it's definitely the part that she struggled with. It was the part where I know Brandel Chambly on the coverage, I think it was on the first or second hole. Like there was slow-mo of her missing by like more than half an inch off center off the putter, which I mean, like does not look good when you're, when you're in the final group. And, but like her ball striking for the red, like the whole week and her putting as well. Like when she, I think what is she, she 66, I think it was on the Saturday there. Like she, her game was together, but the putting definitely was, was an issue come Sunday. But uh, you know, I think it was, it's an interesting putter because it goes to show that people need to really open their minds. They want to test a new grip or, or test a different putter or something like that. Because I know this is, this is obviously an audio medium, but uh, behind me is my shelf of putters. And I would say that there is maybe one putter that actually has the, the one of the OEM grips on it beyond like, you know, a bold bullseye blade that has a leather wrap from the probably sixties and same with a Wilson 8802 that has another leather wrap grip. That's still in great shape from probably the same era, but beyond that, everything else is old or sorry, everything else is new or like some type of upgraded grip. One of my favorite grips is the Iomic midsize used on a ton of different putters or like a leather, there's like a leather pistol grip that I really like. I've never liked an oversized grip. I see these big grips on tour and it's just, I shudder. Like there's no way I can putt with one of these things. So, you know, for me, it I always had that go-to. And for her, obviously like whatever that is with that that branded even roll grip, like it, it's working for, it, it was working for her and, and whatever it is, it feels comfortable. So I will, I will say the putter is a plumber's neck style. I stand corrected. Oh, so it is like, I guess what they call the knucklehead, which is like knucklehead, comes up yeah. and comes into the, the plumber's neck style. So yeah, again, it was, it, I mean, I feel bad for Lexi, but uh, all congratulations to Yuka Sasso for winning. I think, uh, I mean, it was a, it was a pretty cool uh, way to come back and, you know, we haven't even talked about it. She had two double bogeys in the first three holes. Crazy. If, if I have two double bogeys in the first three holes, I'm like, this round is over. I'm checking out. Where's like, where's the, where's the beer cart? Like I'm out. I, you know, what? we're just going to have fun the rest of the day. She grinded the rest of the day. And like that to me is one of the most impressive things about it. And like a good track record as a junior player too. Oh, insane. Like, yeah. Like I think someone said three years ago, she was at the ANA or like she was there for like some event and she was getting Lexi's autograph. Like, like if you think about like that to me is like one of the most entertaining aspects of watching women's golf is how young some of the great players are, because 
there, there is this element of surprise, but you also know that the skill is absolutely there. And, you know, it's not exactly the same thing. And I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to draw too much comparison, but, you know, for someone like, like the way Bryson hits the golf ball is going to become normalized on the PGA tour. Yeah. I'm not saying that it will like to always be to that extent, but it's going to become normalized. And when for the LPGA tour power players and faster players are becoming more normalized on that tour where they weren't before. And that allows these younger players who have speed, just like on the PGA tour, you have Hovland and Morikawa and Wolf and these players that just obviously Bryson including and all of this to come out there and be able to put their mark on at a young age where the prime used to be 32 to 35 years old on the PGA tour. It's 25 to 30 now. Yeah. And even 30 at that point seems like almost feels kind of old really. But for the LPGA tour, when you have, or like women's golf, women's professional golf, you have these players under 20 who are there when it comes to being able to ma- like maximize their club head speed and hit greens and putt. Well, it's uh it's pretty, it's pretty unbelievable. I mean, what was it? Lucy, I think Lucy Lee, when she, when she was like 14 or 11 or something qualified. Yeah, it's funny. I just looked that up because my dad and I were talking about it on the week and I'm like, oh, that's that girl from Pinehurst. And she was 11 when she qualified. 11. She's 11. eating ice cream. I remember what I saw. I saw the clip of her from Pinehurst. She's like crushing an ice cream cone after her, one of her rounds doing an interview. And like, they talked to her this week, like completely unaware. Like she talked about it. She's like, I really didn't realize like the scope of what was happening. I was like there for a golf tournament. Like I got to play. I was playing well. It was cool to like be there and I qualified, but like 11, what were you doing at 11? Mike, I wasn't qual. I, was I mean, I was crushing ice cream, but I wasn't playing in OUS Open. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I know for sure. I was uh, a big fan of the ice cream sandwiches at 11, just like I am now. And uh, I was probably not breaking 90. Actually, I think I took up golf at 10. So yeah, I was probably like maybe breaking 90 or hundred if I was lucky. I was definitely not breaking 90 and at 11 years old. So uh, extremely impressive. Now, one last part of the U.S. Open, which I know we are very excited about at TXG, uh, is Rebecca uh, Lee Bentham. She qualified uh, for the U.S. Open. She was featured on, uh, she, was, she did a video with Trotty this week from TaylorMade. She is a TXG ambassador. And Mike, you actually had to, had the chance to speak with her after, uh, like, you know, just earlier today about uh, playing in the U.S. Open. And, uh, you know, we're going to get to that interview in just a minute. Is there anything you want to, you want to lead into before we get to the interview? Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, you know, obviously Rebecca's an ambassador for TXG, but, you know, she's a friend of the companies and, um, you know, I've got to play a couple rounds of golf with her. It's, it's different level. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's a, cool little it's a quick interview she was she was on the road um but uh but yeah i mean it's exciting anytime you know someone that plays in a golf tournament you know let alone a major it's uh you know regardless of the finish it's impressive and uh you know wish her the best the rest of the season so yeah it's a cool little uh it's a cool little you know 15 20 minute interview and you know just kind of getting a recap of the week right on so uh we're gonna get to that interview in just a moment but before we do Want to want to let everyone know. Thanks for listening. I know this is this is the first uh, the build shop or build shop episode from TXG. You know, Mike and I talked last week. Kind of wanted to introduce the show, but this is the this is the official introduction. The you know our our, our hello world moment here. And uh, for if you want to follow along, uh, you know myself RDS Brath on Instagram and Twitter. Mike, feel free yeah, to give the people what they want. Simple Mike TXG on Instagram. 
we uh, we do question and answer. You, I, mine are generally on the weekend on, on Friday or Saturday. You know, you said yours are on Sunday. And yeah. the question and answer is going to be a big part of this show because the goal is to break down the, the misconceptions. And to, the best way to do that is to ask you the questions that you have. And we're here to answer them both on Instagram and here on this platform. So without further ado, I will turn it over to my co-host Mike's interview with Rebecca Lee Bentham. Thanks everybody for listening. All right. So welcome back. I'm excited to have one of our good friends, our brand ambassador, our first TXG brand ambassador, Rebecca Lee Bentham played in the 76 women's U S open last week. Rebecca, how's it going? Hey, Mikey. Going well. Good. And uh, Rebecca, you're in the car right now traveling. Tell us, uh, where you're headed right now and uh, and what you've got coming up. Yeah, so I was just in San Francisco, took a flight this morning to Chicago, and then uh, on my way to Harris, Michigan right now. So it's about a five-hour drive. Love it. So I should get there about 1 a.m. There you go. The true grind, the true grind of a tour player. Well, I mean, you know, obviously, again, we're super proud and, and excited to, you know, for you to have the the logo on you and, you know, proud for you to, you know, go get back to the U.S. Open. I think you played U.S. Open in 2010. Um, so give us kind of a, a, you know, the week rundown on how the, uh, on how it went. Yeah. So I did play the one in 2010 at Oakmont and then the one at Pioneer's number two. I think that was 2000. Love it, love it. And was the the rough as bad as it looked on TV? Well, I got there a little bit earlier. So what they did was they grew it out a lot at the beginning of the week. And it wasn't very, um, I guess, like cut uh, straight. So when we first got there, it was horrible. We couldn't find, like I lost so many balls in the practice round. But yes, it was super thick, but we were able to somewhat at least see the ball in some pieces. Um, but yeah, it was still super thick. You literally had to wedge it out most of the time. Um, and definitely it was a challenge throughout the week. And I see uh, you got to hang out with Trotty out at TaylorMade of the Kingdom kind of the week or two weeks before uh, the event. Yeah, so TaylorMade kind of, yeah, exactly. Um, I got to go there, I guess, like a week before the event just to make sure I was um, in the right stuff. Pretty much mostly for my longer clubs, like my wood hybrid and driver. Um, they got me kind of fitted into all the new Sim 2 stuff. Love it. Love it. They couldn't beat those irons. They had good fitting on those irons. Yeah, they were perfect. So week of the U.S. Open. Big, No big deal, Miss Cut. I mean, it's still impressive uh, feat to qualify for it. Um, does it give you a bit more, you know, hunger to to get after it and get back on, you know, LPJ full time? Yeah, I think so. I think just competing side by side against those girls again, and I feel like I learned a lot, but also gained confidence just knowing that my game isn't too far from the best because I intentionally book practice rounds with a bunch of like major winners. That's awesome. That's awesome. Who were uh, what were some who are the people you played with in the practice round? Uh, so I played with um, Sun Young Park, 
another mm-hmm. tail right now, like you guys did. And uh, she won the US Open last year, good year, but multiple winner on the LPGA Tour. And then NEG, also a US Open winner. Kyoju Kim, uh, really, she won the Evian, which is also a major. So that was one one grouping on one of the practice rounds. So that was really cool. And then I, I played with Celine uh, Boutier uh, from France. She also won on tour. So I feel like I just I played with a bunch of just LPJ winners. I just kind of want to see how they approach the game, what they might do differently, just be a little more exposed to the girls in the top positions. Smart, yeah. I mean, so what, else, yeah, what else are you going to get that chance, right? So exactly. I've been out of the game for so long, I was like, take the opportunity. So next couple of events, they are out in uh, how many events you have coming up now? I believe we have uh, about half the season left, so like 10 or 11 maybe events left. Awesome. Well, I mean, again, we appreciate you know you being on the pod. I appreciate you being a brand ambassador. The whole company is super proud of you. Um, you know, we're excited for the rest of your season. Like you know, if you need anything, don't hesitate to to give us a call and, and we'll get some stuff to you ASAP. But again, congrats, um, you know, successful week regardless. And, uh, and we look forward to cheering you on the rest of the year. Awesome. I always appreciate the support. You guys are great.